lo que hay mi gente, welcome to Let's Hablar Solita, I am your host, Maya Ladies. So, today, it, things are kind of change all the time, we know we have to get used to the, um, to the, uh, you know, I guess you would say, the, uh, the ups and downs of creating content, or being a content creator. Um, again, this is not my everyday job, I have probably about a million things that I do on top of Let's Hablar Solita. I am also the host of Let's Hablar Podcast. Both of them are designed to be podcasts where you may speak English, you may speak Spanish, sometimes you even speak Spanglish. So, en este capítulo vamos a hablar de varias cosas. Vamos a hablar sobre um, los un poquito del tema de por qué la, la representación es tan importante. Y si ven que hablo mucho es porque español fue mi segundo lenguaje y continuamente tengo que ir dentro de inglés y español en mi cabeza. Tengo que, que pensar cómo hablo, las palabras que salgan y, y la manera que puedo transmitir lo que quiero decir. So, <laughs> and this one we're going to talk about different topics. We're going to talk about a lot of things in reference to re representation and, above all else, soap operas. Especialmente telenovelas. And I want to talk about una novela que es de verdad una novela irreplazable. Es una novela que pueden tratar de ser en diferentes lugares, pero nunca va Nunca va a ser igual. It's a novela that they can make and redo so many times, but it's never going to hit the same. And that will be La Reina del Sur, Queen of the South, the original one, not the one that was made for American viewers um, or United States American viewers, but the ones that was made for Spanish-speaking people. But before we get into that, again, none of my content is sponsored. I don't have enough viewers for sponsors to actually reach out. Um, I don't I don't ever promote products that I don't like. And I don't ever speak on products that I don't like. Today I did buy some eyeliner and I got it from a brand that I've never tried before. And it was Pixie by Petra, which this is what it looks like. And I gotta say, for it saying it's water resistant, I guess my skin just doesn't match with these types of eyeliners. Unfortunately, I've tried many different eyeliners, none of them stay. Um, that's just me, but I'm the type of girl that will buy something that's affordable versus something that is super expensive. So, for example, I use the NYX brow tint on my brows right now I don't have anything other than the eyeliner this is just what my face looks like so if you see discoloration and you see freckles and you see any of those things that's my natural skin you're gonna get me at my most authentic on let's hablar solita you're gonna get me on the days where I'm swollen you're gonna get me on the days where I'm not you're gonna get me on days where I'm not feeling good but I still gotta create something so <laughs> we're gonna go ahead and get into this after one more thing that I want to touch on today I actually tried something new I went to Trader Joe's I saw that they had raw kombucha I've never had kombucha ever I've seen a lot of celebrities drink it I've seen a lot of people drink it and they really promote it as if it's this alcohol beverage 
which, granted, it does say that it can have effects of alcohol, but the raw kombucha that I tried is made by GT Dave, and it was a pineapple-flavored one. You'll see it on my next episode where I'm joined with my cousin. I'm going to buy us both one because I truly enjoyed it. Basically, in 1995, this person began honoring their mother by creating it in their kitchen. Their mother was a breast cancer, um, you know, fighter. I don't know if that person survived their breast cancer. I know that they were battling it and their child saw their parent take that particular beverage with such belief that it would help them in their cancer um, battle. And I think that that's something that's beautiful. My mother is also a cancer survivor. I have hydrogenitis superativa, which a lot of people know to be HS. So if it has healing properties, I'm willing to try it. It is fermented for 30 days with black tea and green tea, and they say it does have effects of alcohol. So I would definitely consent with your doctor first. Consult with your doctor, sorry, not consent. Consult with your doctor and see if it's right for you. So, en español, básicamente compré algo nuevo que se llama Raw Kombucha. Lo compré en la tienda de Trader Joe's. También lo venden en Target. No sé si lo venden en Walmart, pero si lo compran, quiero que sepan que es algo que tiene que, que, tiene que consultar a su médico porque puede tener efectos como si fuera alcohol. En realidad, lo que contiene el, el bebida es jugo de... Para, bueno, para mí, porque yo compré el sabor de piña. Uh, tiene jugo de piña, jugo de limón, tiene sage, um, tiene jugo de kiwi, no sé cómo se dice kiwi en español. Um, tiene té negro, té verde y también tiene otras clases de, de té. Y está fermentado por 30 días antes de que se puede servir. Entonces, tengan en mente que esto es algo que, que la ciencia dice que no hay mucho estudio para poder demostrar que esto es algo que puede sanar y prevenir um, enfermedades, pero la persona que está vendiendo este, este jugo maravilloso y quizás saludable, lo, lo está haciendo porque vieron que su mamá, que era una persona que tenía cáncer de mama, lo estaba utilizando de una manera religiosa y espiritual para tratar de sanarse de su, de su enfermedad. Entonces, para ellos... Querían compartir ese, ese, ese acto de, de fe con los demás. Incluso en la botella de la que yo refiero, dice en el lado de atrás que bendiciones para la gente y salud. So it does say blessings and, and healing to the to the viewers on the label so that's the one that i would buy is the one where it says blessings and healing for those who purchase the the sacred beverage um that's what it says on the label and paraphrasing it so vamos a hablar sobre una telenovela we're going to talk about a soap opera now if you haven't seen queen of the south 
the Telemundo version, the Spanish version, I do suggest that you see it. If you can't speak Spanish, you don't understand Spanish, that's fine. There's subti subtitles for a reason. And I believe it does give you the option of changing the audio. Um, of course, some things won't translate the same and the, the voices will be off. But I highly suggest that you watch this one because you're not going to want to miss it. I'm not going to give everything away for those who haven't watched it. But before we get into that, I do want to say something really quick to la famosísima Kate de Castillo y el señor Don Eric de Castillo. So, for those who don't know, el señor Eric de Castillo está enfermo, tiene demencia. Um, Eric de Castillo, basically, Enrique de Castillo um, tiene demencia. He has dementia. And it's something that they're battling with. Their whole family is going through it. When it's an illness like that, it really does affect your whole family. It doesn't just affect you. And for me, that hits home because my mother has an autoimmune illness. And it really does take a toll on a family when you're worrying about your loved ones. So, mis oraciones para la familia de Castillo. Sé que no es fácil. Sé que, que no hay cura. Pero que Dios les da fuerza, que les da paciencia, que les da sabiduría y que les da amor. Kate de Castillo, yo sé que usted es una persona como yo que quiere bien mucho a sus papás, quiere bien mucho a su papá, tiene una conexión con su papá diferente que con su mamá. Mis oraciones para usted. Yo sé que usted es una luchadora y es muy fuerte y usted trae honor a su padre y a la familia Castillo con, con ser tan, tan buena, porque usted sí es una ser muy buena, ha inspirado a muchas personas, incluyéndome a mí. So, Kate Castillo, basically, I'm just saying thank you. Thank you for inspiring so many people, including myself. Um, and thank you for being strong. You show people like me that there is a possibility to, to be an actress and not be one of those actresses that are the dumb sex appeal or the airhead. <laughs> so, gracias por eso, de verdad. Um, vamos a comenzar. So, we're going to talk about the first season. So, I'm not going to give everything away. I'm just going to kind of go a little bit out of order. Now, with season one, Kate de Castillo plays Teresa Mendoza. Teresa Mendoza is basically the, la mera mera, la más chingona es La Reina del Sur. Pero ella no empezó como La Reina del Sur. She didn't start off as La Reina del Sur. She was someone who worked in a town, humildemente. Um, she comes across el güero. Y el güero le da como que... No sé, como que le, le, le dio como que... como un, un sentido de sí mismo él, porque él era demasiado creído, ¿verdad? Era alguien muy creído y, y ella no se dejaba por nadie. So she was very like, I'm not gonna let myself be swayed because you think you're hot, like you're conceited, bro. Um, basically, they met at, on the street where she was, you know, tallying up numbers and he needed change and she did the math in her head and that kind of did it for him. He was attracted to the brain. So they ended up dating, they ended up getting together, he introduced her to his world, which happens to be el narco, ay no puedo hablar hoy, narcotraficante de Epifanio Vargas. 
Epifanio Vargas era el dueño y el mermero de un cartel, era un narcotraficante muy reconocido y el güero era su empleado, básicamente. Um, so, Epifanio Vargas was basically like a leader of a cartel, right? So he is a drug lord and uh, he... Again, this is all fictional, so don't think that this is real. It's a fictional story. Um, may have a couple of things that are real elements, but it's a fictional story. So Epifanio Vargas had a whole world, a whole industry that he was in charge of, and El Güero was his dude. So, like, one of his crew members, basically his employee. He introduced, he's introduced to Teresa Mendoza. He, la cayó bien. He liked her. He thought she was a cool chick, but... In that particular world, you you can't betray your people. It ends poorly for you if you do. Now, El Güero was always trying to, to help her understand that there could be a moment in time where they have to leave and they have to run and they have to basically escape. So he was always trying to prepare her for that. There comes the moment where he leaves her a cell phone. He says, if this cell phone rings, it means I'm dead. I'm unalive. You need to run. You need to get your stuff and go. Get the go bag, get the passport, get everything you, you have and leave. So, of course, the cell phone rings and she finds out that her widow, the love of her life, is unalive. She goes then to try to meet up with his friend, El Chino, y su esposa Brenda, y los chiquillos, basically, Chino, his wife, and their kids to try to get out, right? She wants to run away and she wants them to come with her, but they're all unalive as well. They're all unalive because Epifanio Vargas had his nephew, El Ratas, go basically cancelado. So that's what they did. They went back for Teresa Mendoza. They were about to assault her. Um, she did unalive somebody and she escaped. Later she ends up meeting with Epifanio in front of an altar que está hecha para Malverde. So she meets Epifanio in front of an altar that is made for Malverde. Malverde is a saint del narcotráfico. He is a saint of drug lords. They they pray to him. They they ask him for, for good deals, things like that. So he says, you know what? I'm going to help you because I'm your godfather in a sense. And I'm going to help you get away. Just don't ever come back. Don't ever come back here. Pero el ratas, como el canalla que es el ratas, decides to, you know, I'm going to disobey my uncle and I'm going to go unalive her. So, um, he pursues trying to unalive her. She meets with a DEA agent who was working with El Huero, which we all know to be Willie. And Willie is like, I'll help you out, but you have to help the DEA. You have to give me what... El, dicen que la agenda... Es una agenda que es like a, a planner del güero that has all of the um, the ins and outs of Epifanio's operation, right? So they were going to go ahead and do that, and they're going to go ahead and get everything that they can to essentially take down Epifanio Vargas. Well... She escapes, and when they asked her, the you know travel agent, which way are you going to go? Are you going to go to like the north of Spain? Are you going to go to the south of Spain? Because remember, she's supposed to go lejos. Um, she decides she's going to go to the south of Spain because it's warmer and it's somewhere 
where she would feel like home for her. Well, she goes there, <laughs> and it's definitely a lot different than Mexico, for sure. She works at a bar as a waitress to start. Then they want her to start soliciting certain services that would require satisfying a man. And she says no. Then next thing you know, she's in charge of the bar. Um, she starts to be like the administrator of... Not administrator. <laughs> Mess! My mind's going 100 miles an hour. Uh, administrator of the funds at the bar. And stuff happens in between. She meets another guy who happens to be within the same type of issues. He's also in the drug business. Um, she ends up fighting with a girl named Shayla because Shayla is so jealous of her but then they end up actually becoming friends um she meets a couple other people she ends up becoming la reina del sur i'm not gonna say how she does it because i want you to check it out she becomes la reina del sur and she starts to own a bar where she herself is doing drug trafficking um she Everything's going well, pero Epifanio no deja en paz. El ratas no deja en paz. So, of course, things go sideways. She trusts a man, falls in love with him. A different man from the one that she fell in love with when she first got to Spain. And he betrays her to a point where she decides to get revenge. She finds out she's pregnant by him. And she unalives him. Um, she had to. He... His name in the novela is Teo Al-Jarafe, Al, Al um, which, I mean, great. She was able to get away with her daughter and do what's best for her and her child. Um, but she basically left two little girls, que eran hijas de Teo Al-Jarafe, Al um, orphans, because they didn't have a mom, and now their dad is gone. So... That's where they leave off on season one. Season two, her daughter is kidnapped. She gives birth to a little girl, and nine years later, her daughter and her are living in Italy, and they're going by the apellido Dantes, no longer Mendoza. And as a Dantes, Sofia, which is her daughter, thinks she's Italian. She thinks that her dad died um, in like a normal way, you know, not... I don't know what would normal be, but it wasn't by her mom's hand. That's what she believes. So she's growing up. She's like a little flag twirler for her school or for some kind of like, I think it's like some kind of group or whatever. Um, she gets kidnapped because la abuela al jarafe was angry. Estaba enojada, encabronada la vieja. Because her son is killed. With good reason. I mean, I get it. Your son died. But your son was a piece of shit. So it's not like anybody was going to miss him anyway. He wasn't even nice to his kids. So whatever. Um, but she wants to get revenge on her son. And she wants her granddaughter. So she hires and kind of teams up with none other than Epifanio Vargas. She ends up trying to get him to help her. Turns out Epifanio Vargas is un señor más canalla because he decides to completely betray la doña Aljarafe and use Teresa to help him become president de México. That's right. Epifanio Vargas quiere ser presidente de México. Qué horror, de verdad. Un narcotraficante como... Epifanio Vargas siendo presidente de México. Are you kidding me? Like, <laughs> um, it's 
we, we all know someone in today's world who's about to to be in that boat because Epifanio Vargas went to jail in season one. He was in jail for about four years and he's still mad about it. So he was a little bit pivved in season two with Teresa for him going to jail. We all know someone who's kind of like that. They want to go to jail and, you know, they just keep talking out their ass and they're going to end up getting there, I swear. But we're not going to get into that type of politics. We're going to get into fictional politics that is okay because it doesn't directly affect us, you know? So Epifania Vargas is like, okay, I'll team up with this old lady. I'll get Teresa in Mexico para que Teresa me ayuda a mí ser presidente. So he does kidnap the little girl but he backstabs granny and tells her you know what i'm not gonna i'm not gonna send you your granddaughter right now your granddaughter is my ticket for teresa to help me become president because she's gonna be with my counter opponent and get him to fall because but basically epifanio vargas and the counter opponent are both narcotraficantes, they're both leaders of cartel, they're both using dirty money to promote their politics and become president of Mexico. So <laughs> he wants his counterparty to be axed out, but he wants Teresa to make the counterparty fall in love with her and then bring down his whole operation, which I think is a little bit ridiculous, but whatever, right? So basically, he kidnaps um, Teresa's daughter, is going to use her for his own thing. At some point, the daughter actually does end up going with La Viejita, Esa Amargada, y... Let's just say this. Si el papá era un hijo de la chingada, la mamá todavía más, okay? So the mom was a piece of work, too. The dad was a piece of shit. The mom is not that much better. She honestly thinks that her son was an angel, and she is what? Like, you know what I mean? Obviously, she must be <laughs> in that same boat of delusion. But, I digress. Uh, Sofia ends up there. She meets her sisters, Rocio y Paloma. She really does love her sisters, but she's in danger. She's not, she's not free. So, it's all about trying to get Epifanio to be president at the same time to save her daughter. I'm just going to leave you with that. There's a lot of stuff that happened. A lot of people get unalived. In season two, just like they did in season one, um, the, the abuela es una hija de la chingada because her granddaughter, Paloma, ends up falling in love with a gitano. A gitano in Spanish means gypsy. So please do not come at me. That's just what the word means. I, I don't know what the actual term is to be political politically correct, but that's what it is in Spanish, okay? So es un gitano. He ends up being a piece of crap as well. He is a woman beater, so there is some DV in there as well. And she happens to be pregnant with his child. She escapes that family and go, tries to go back with her grandmother. And her grandmother is just an evil woman. Um, Epifanio ends up becoming president. I'm not going to tell you how that happens, but he ends up becoming president. And in season three, going from season two to season three i watched all 60 episodes and what i will say is i'm a little upset i'm very mad because i wanted to see a different ending i was looking forward to a different ending and it just didn't happen so i digress
but I I did like majority of it. If you're going to ask me between the first one and the second one and the third one, the first one's always going to be my favorite. I I love the first one. The second one, there was a couple things done by our government system that just didn't make sense, and I don't see it ever being a, a possibility. It is a fictional story, so it makes sense that they would be overdramatic about it, but come on, like certain stuff make it make sense. Um Basically, in season three, Teresa gets caught in, it was either Austria or Australia, and she gets put in prison for four years in solitary confinement. Encuentran a Teresa Mendoza, la encierran dentro de una cárcel por cuatro años en, um, en, en solitario total. Yo creo que la encontraron en Australia o en Austria, pero no estoy tan segura de cuál de los dos, no me acuerdo muy bien cuál fue de los dos. Um, y la encierran por cuatro años, su hija se va con sus hermanas, bueno, una de ellas, Paloma, y su hijo Ray. Um, she ends up going to be with one of her sisters and her son. Her other sister ends up falling in love with a guy named Faustino, who's from Colombia. He... I love Faustino. I loved him throughout the whole series, and I think he's one of probably my favorite characters um, in general. He's funny. He's funny. I, I love the way he talks. Mira, mi gente de Colombia, I... Mis respetos y mi amor hacia ustedes. Tienen una manera de hablar que de verdad es bien chévere. Um, so, I, I really, really, really enjoyed Faustino's relationship with Rocío. That's the name of the other sister that ends up being with Faustino. They are great together. <laughs> they are they are so different, but they're so good, you know. And she was in Colombia with Faustino, and they had a different different kind of business. It was no longer narcotráfico. Era más bien cosas piratas. So it was more like pirated stuff and not so much drugs that they were <laughs> doing in Colombia. Turns out someone wants to... Um, Use Teresa to to screw over the government of the U.S. And that is none other than Epifanio Vargas. Yes, he is back, mi gente. Regresa Epifanio Vargas en, en la tercera etapa para tratar de utilizar a Teresa Mendoza, para tratar de, you know, mandar a la chingada al, al gobierno de los Estados Unidos. Y en ese aspecto, lo que él hace es que dice a Teresa Mendoza que él le prometa dejarla a ella en paz, totalmente en paz. Nadie va a encontrar a su hija ni nadie va a molestarlos nunca más si ella le ayude en, lo, y en localizar pruebas o algo para, de los Estados Unidos, de la DEA, para tratar de utilizar en el contra de la DEA, DEA de Estados Unidos. So, he's like, look, I'll leave you alone forever. No one will ever find you if you help me screw over the DEA of the U.S. So, she's like, fine, I'll do that. Whatever. She gets back with her team. He goes back on his word in a classic Epifanio Vargas way. And it doesn't work out for him. It doesn't work out for him. I'm not going to say how it doesn't work out for him because I want you to see it. It's on Netflix right now. If you have Netflix, go to Netflix Go to La Reina del Sur. La Reina is L-A space R-E-I-N-A space D-D-E space Sur, S-U-R. 
la reina del sur, okay? Go there, I promise you, you will not regret it. It's one of those novelas that you can watch, even if you don't understand the language, and still get into it, okay? I promise you that. I promise, I promise, I promise you that. Now, my issue with this is there's certain elements to it that aren't realistic, right? There are things that I don't think would actually happen, but do we know? No, we don't know. We don't know how many politicians are actually corrupt and actually don't listen to protocol. We don't know. But we have Charlie, who's un hijo de la chingada. Ese güey se merecía cada pedazo que le tocaba cuando se trata de la golpiza que le dieron y de la que le dieron. So, Charlie is a DEA agent, and he is kind of one of those people that low-key is power-hungry, but he's not going to tell you he's power-hungry. He betrays his own boss. He 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 shoots his firearm without any regard for, for civilians at all. And towards the end, he's threatening a young boy named Mateo, who is an orphan, who turned himself in to save un padrecito que le echó la mano a Teresa Mendoza y a Sofía, porque él está enamorado de Sofía. So, Mateo, basically, he is in love with Teresa Mendoza's daughter, Sofía. And he was raised by, not raised by, but he was taken in after a priest. And the priest gets caught. And he's like, I'm not going to have el padre, um, I think it's Gonzalo, um, in custody because of me. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to turn myself in. He turns himself in, but because they don't get to Teresa Mendoza, he gave them phony leads. They decide that they're going to, uh, Charlie says he's going to show Mateo what it means to actually be an informant and basically threatening him. And the guy who, el agente Ruiz, uh, mira, si ese actor piensa que, que nadie se va a acordar de él, estás bien equivocado. <laughs> Papicito, papacito. You, like, first of all, you're handsome as hell. Um, two, I think that they could have done your role a little bit better. Three, Ese estilo que tiene usted de hablar. I had a whole moment. Okay. A mí, a mí me dio algo. Un taco de ojo no hace nada mal, como dijo mi tío, en paz descanse. Si es que la to si lo tocas, ahí es donde te chingas. Pero un taco de ojo nunca hace nada mal. Anyway, so, <laughs> what I really, really loved about this character is when he found out that Charlie was going to do some bad stuff to Mateo, he, he told him that I was without, you know, without the means of his jurisdiction, he can't do that, and Charlie threatens him and says, you know, if you don't act, if I didn't know any better, I would say that you're threatening me based on how you're acting. And the guy from Interpol, Agente Ruiz, goes, te estoy amenazando. <laughs> no, no. No fue un error. Te estoy amenazando. And he ends up helping Faustino Godoy um, get back at Charlie because Charlie killed Rocío in season three. So he, he got his revenge. Um, what I can say about this novela is they really... They took their time for the storyline. They took their time. They made moments where there was laughter, moments where there was sadness, where there was action. They really took their time with this. And Humberto Zurita is an actor who who is well known in Mexico. Es un actor de primera. 
he plays Epifanio Vargas. They could never, ever have put a different actor in that role and got the same results. Mi respeto, señor, de verdad, por todo lo que has hecho en, en el cine mexicano, en telenovelas, en la industria de, 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 de teatro y todo eso. Mis respetos. Um, y también mis condolencias. Yo sé que pasó hace años y que ya, ya tienes un nuevo pareja, pero fui, eres y sigue siendo el viudo de Christian Bach. En, para, para mí ella fue una, una dama que, que nunca se les olvide a, a sus fans de su, de su trabajo. I mean, she is an amazing actress. Uh, Humberto Zurita had a wife, um, who was also an actress at Primera. She was a really, like, her acting, no one could play a bigger bitch than her. She was amazing. She was one of those actresses that you loved her, but you hated her at the same time. And for me, when she passed, it was a, it was hurtful. There's actors who pass, and you may not know them personally, but because you've seen their work, it feels like you know them at the end of the day. And for me, she is one of those people. So my condolences to the family, um, Bach and, and Zurita, de verdad, it, you know, mis condolencias. I know it's been quite some years. He's already moved on, but it still, she was a phenomenal actress, and he's a phenomenal actor. He's one of those actors that you will love to hate so the way that i can best describe it he's like a negan he's like a negan and a um and a uh what's the guy who played klaus in um in vampire diaries and in the originals what was his name i think his i think his name was morgan too give me one second i don't remember what his name was Morgan. I don't think his name was Jeffrey Dean Morgan either. Joseph Morgan. Joseph Morgan. He was so Joseph Morgan played Klaus, and it was one of those roles that you just like. You hated Klaus because he was such an a-hole, but you loved him at the same time and you felt bad for him at the same time. So Epifanio has those moments where he's he's truly hated because he's such an asshole, but at the same time you can't hope but like him. Like he's likable. And there there's a whole part in there where um, he... He says this phrase that I will forever use it. And this is why I say you guys need to watch it. Is he says, Tú de, tú de inteligente no te vas a morir. So you're not going to die from, from being smart. Basically, he's calling you dumb. Um, it sounds funnier in the t context that he said it. So I do say, give it a, give it a, a check out. It was really, really funny in, in that moment. Now, because it's almost time for me to wrap this up, I'm going to go ahead and get into a couple of things that I think need to be talked to as well when it comes to telenovelas. Kate de Castillo did mention prior um, to this novela and prior to the second um, etapa, I think it was after the first for sure, that we don't have enough representation. Representation matters. Uh, oftentimes, a Latino person will play a maid, a housekeeper, a gardener, somebody within service. They never really get to play these roles of like executives, um, groundbreaking, 
groundbreaking scientists. Like, they never get to play these roles. So I would love to see her in a film um, that is both in the Latino world and the U.S., because, I mean, everybody's American. There's South Americans, North Americans, Central Americans. Everybody's an American. But I would love to see her be on both sides of Latino America. You know, not just the full Spanish, but also on the English, because she speaks really good English. But I feel like they haven't cast her well. She was in Bad Boys for Life, Kate de Castillo. She played La Bruja Esa que quería vengarse de Will Smith. So I think she can do it. I think it's a possibility that she can definitely make that leap and cross over but they need to write roles for her so that brings me to my next part um currently there's a strike with the writers in hollywood and the actors now writers crew members all of those people deserve to get paid they deserve to get their dues because they do a really hard job it's not easy being a writer it's not easy being a crew member it's not easy being the people who are doing the makeup the prosthetics the stunt doubles and for you to say we'll pay you x amount use your image for ai and then be able to do what we want with the image for the rest of our lives without your consent that is disgraceful don't do that to these people that's their face. That's their body. That's who they are. How do you think you have rights to that? So support your actors. Support your 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 writers, your crew members, your sound techs. Everybody within the industry needs to be paid. And the fact that they think that they pay these writers sufficient money to live is disgraceful. It's bad. You need to pay them more. They deserve more. Because without our writers, we will never have representation, whether it be in the black and brown community, in our Asian community, in any other minority community. We need writers to be able to write our stories, and we need them to be paid. That is my two cents on that topic. Um, this episode is going to be short because of the fact that I had other plans for this episode plans change circumstances change we have to kind of move with the flow on that but next week i will be recording with my primita and we're going to be having an episode of let's hablar solita primita bougie edition um that's going to be going to be filmed and i have another episode that's going to come out um after that with a special guest i'm not going to release her name yet because of the fact that i want it to be a surprise um i did talk to her we had a wonderful conversation i feel like she's my friend if i ever go to her part of the woods i would love to visit her and if she's ever in my part of the woods i would love to host her for a meal so let's just go ahead and leave you with that gracias mi gente por escucharme de verdad si me trompiezo en en las palabras es porque mi mente está yendo como a mil uh, Mías um, por hora porque estoy tratando de, de pensar en inglés y también en español. Estoy tratando de hacer los dos lo mejor que puedo, okay? So, if you hear me stumble on my words, please forgive me. I My brain is going a million miles an hour because of the fact that I'm trying to do English and Spanish. I want this to be a Spanglish podcast. That's my goal. If we can have Spang uh, Spanglish lives for influencers, I don't see why we can't do that for a podcast, okay? So thank you for joining us. Like, share, and subscribe. Tell your mamas to tell they mamas and to tell they mamas too. Tell your friends to tell their friends and their babies too, okay? So 
Remember, there's only one you. You are unique. You are special. You are amazing. And you deserve happiness. Recuerda que tú eres únicamente tú. No hay nadie más como tú en este mundo. Tú eres una persona valiosa y mereces ser feliz. Mereces todo lo mejor. Gracias por estar conmigo. Compartan, sigan, darnos amor. En los comentarios, dime qué pensaban de, de la reina del sur. Si vieron la tercera etapa, si no vieron la tercera etapa, pero dime su, 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 sus pensamientos. If you did watch La Reina del Sur and you understood it, you got it, you watched the third season, let me know your thoughts on it, okay? Let me know what you thought. I waited a whole year to watch it on Netflix because I don't have Telemundo. So please, just let me know what you thought. Maybe you might agree with me that this series needs to be seen broadly and out of my ranking from... 1 to 10, 10 being the greatest, I rank number 3 at a 9. The only reason why I rank it at a 9 is because I didn't get the ending that I wanted, so I'm a little bit salty about it. Anyway, bendiciones mi gente, que tengan un bonito día, y nos vemos en la próxima capítulo. Adios!